She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Look at what they did with the Clinton email investigation. The FBI agent in charge of the Clinton email investigation hated Trump, liked Clinton, nothing's happened. The FISA warrant uh, came from a uh, document prepared by somebody on the Democratic Party's payroll. And what we're also not talking about is, why don't we talk about the cost of reduced productivity because of people who need to go on disability, because of people who are not able to participate in our economy, because they don't have access to the health care that they need. The NFL's preseason kicked into high gear last night, and a number of players renewed their protest during the national anthem. Their actions included taking a knee or raising a fist. The players' union and the league agreed to hold off on enforcing some new rules while the two sides worked out a resolution. And now, Stacey Washington. Welcome to the program. It's good to be with you. It's wonderful Friday. Could be a good news Friday. I don't know. <laughs> I've got a Goodyear blimp flying out. It's, it's not actually over my house. It's near where we're broadcasting from right now. Uh, the PGA World Tour, the golf tournament, is in St. Louis. And I can see the blimp. Like literally just step outside our, our back door by the kitchen and there it is. And what's so funny about it is that it looks huge. Now, obviously a blimp is huge, right? But it looks even bigger just kind of hanging there. And it's surprisingly nimble. Last night when it was turning around, I guess, to make its flight back to wherever it's going to land, it just it turned in literally less than 60 seconds. It completely did a 180 degree turn and started moving away. So I guess the thought that we have that blimps are slow and unwieldy, that's no longer uh, technologically accurate. So it's really cool to have that going on. And there are golfing superstars in the area. I'm not a golf person, but it is kind of cool to see the posts about St. Louis and the influx of activity that has occurred because of that. Lots of um, lots of cars, lots of Lyft drivers getting a lot of work right now. Um, of course, the taxi cabs are running. And then the hotels are packed to the brimming with people who traveled here to watch the tour. And some of my friends who are really into golf, who I follow on Instagram, are posting pictures. They're literally like a stone's throw away from Tiger Woods and some of the other golfing superstars. But I just think it's cool that I get to see the blimp from where I live. And you can really, you can see it from all over. I was actually like 12 miles south of here and you can see it from there as well. So it's, it's I think we're all enjoying that kind of side effect of them being in town. So welcome to the show. I'm Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the Right here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. For those who are looking for the podcast of the show, you can find that at urbanfamilytalk.com slash Stacey. You can also find the podcast at AFR.net. Just click on the podcast link there and the show is in amongst the others on the network. You can click the drop down and you're going to find um, the programs from this week since we started broadcasting on AFR as well. I want to say huge thanks to everyone who's been reaching out with words of encouragement and positivity. I appreciate it. And um, I'm really, really honored and glad to be here and so excited about today's show as well. We're going to talk about what's going on at the FBI. It's kind of weird. Uh, and then what will who who is going to pay for all the free stuff that the Democratic Socialists are promising? Because they're promising a lot. I mean, it's it's almost as if They've got some magic unicorn that they can rub and things will happen. Um, I'm pretty sure unicorns don't exist, but somehow they're planning on giving a whole lot of free stuff to Americans if they can ever get power. So we'll talk about that. And then we have Amy Kramer. She's a co-founder and co-chair of Women for Trump. She's going to come on. And then in hour two, we're going to be speaking with Charles Lehman. I'm excited to speak to him. It's going to be an interesting interview 
He's a staff writer for the award-winning Washington Free Beacon. And so he's on top of all of the good news. And in fact, we're going to talk about um, this proposal by Senator Marco Rubio for family leave. Now, I don't know where Charles Lehman comes down on this, but I absolutely do not want to see the government undertake yet another program. I'm so tired of the government taking programs over and then they never end. They never cease. They never accomplish their intended purpose. The unintended consequences are always worse than uh, the actual what they plan to give you. And it's just more of taxpayer dollars that are going to be wasted on this boondoggle. And of course, I'm in a family. I'm a woman. I've had children before. I took maternity leave with our oldest child before we made the decision as a family for me to stay home full time as a stay at home mom. And that was a difficult choice for us financially. And my husband did not have huge amounts of family leave. He took vacation for two weeks to stay home with me and the baby. And then he went back to work. There was no family leave. This was even before they would allow you to convert some of your sick leave into days that you could stay home with a new baby and things like that. Policies have been updated since then. I think this is in the purview of, uh, you know, corporations, businesses. But we'll discuss more of that later. So right now I want to talk about what's going on at the FBI. Now, let's be, uh, let's be perfectly. I'm, I think that this entire investigation, uh, if it would had, had turned anything up, it would be of interest to me. But I'm just so over it. I'm so past it. I'm so exhausted by it. In fact, it's kind of like I liken the level of exhaustion I have with this whole Russia investigation to how Donald Trump must be feeling with Omarosa rearing her head again. And that's speaking as someone who we've had Omarosa Manigault on this program twice. Both times she was a great interview. Both times she was still working for the Trump campaign or the Trump administration. She was calling in from the White House. And it was fantastic to speak to her and she offered perspective and it was just, it was great, but you know how you can have a problem and that problem just won't go away. Like it's a problem that just keeps coming back. Every time you think you've got it beat, every time you think you figured it out, everything, every time you think you've compromised or done whatever you need to do, it comes back again. That's what she's like. First of all, and I say problem because she had this friendship with Donald Trump. She had a lot of uh, benefits from being his friend business opportunities, television opportunities, things that she wouldn't have had had she never been an apprentice, had she never made a name for herself as kind of a a disturber of the peace. And now here she is after being given the opportunity to work in the White House as a liaison to a particular community that really the president needed outreach in that area. She didn't do a good job. And I'm not saying that because I'm on her side or I'm against her, but she was let go. Now she's no longer with the White House and she's written a book. And it turns out she was a betrayer of the worst order. Someone who would record you and not let you know that you were being recorded so they could then play those recordings for other people and use those recordings as leverage to maybe make money or to do something, you know, it, it's, it's not on the up and up. It's not above board. And so I'm, I've never been a hater of Omarosa. I've never been, you know, a huge fan per se. I've just viewed her the way you would view any person who... Her her public life was based upon her appearance on The Apprentice and then subsequent television programs. But since being let go from the White House, I feel like there's been a real it's it's a negative. And there's a certain level of loyalty that the kind of opportunities that President Trump offered to her should have gotten him. I don't mean loyalty for illegal acts or immoral acts. I mean, loyalty of the type that. With, if you disagree, if, if you were let go, if you left of your own volition, 
at some point you have to sit down at the night and, you know, in your own private thoughts and say, wow, I've really benefited a lot from this friendship. And even though it's not going the way I would like it to go now, I'm going to hold my peace. And I'm not saying that from like imaginary world, like what I think that might feel like. I'm saying that as a person who I've actually been through that where a friendship doesn't end the way you would have hoped it would have. Maybe you didn't hope it would end at all. I know that was my, in my case, but in the end, when you tally up, what's the proper way of going about moving forward? It's not to downgrade or to demote that other person. To, and we're talking about the president of the United States who still has a lot of power and influence. And she's kind of burning her bridges as she goes. She's r- running across the bridge and burning it as if to say she'll never, ever need anything from anyone in the Trump orbit again. And it may be that she won't. But this is not the way you go about professionally exiting a relationship. And the book itself, she got an advance for it. She's going to make money off of it. But at what cost? So it's it's kind of disgusting. So we're talking now about Lindsey Graham. You got Senator Lindsey Graham. He's uh, on uh, Fox News. He's talking about, you know, there's there's some double standarding going on, which I mean, what what day is it? What year is it? Where where are we? The double standards abound with between the left and and people on the right and how people from those two different organizations or sides are treated. It's not fair that the FBI felt it necessary to warn individuals who were involved in people who might be under investigation, but they never did the same thing for Donald Trump. And Lindsey Graham brings this up. And I have to say, I'm glad he did it on Fox News, but he should have the opportunity to make the same statement on CNN and MSNBC and all of the other alphabet soup, cable and local and national news networks. Everyone should have this point made to them because it is fair. The FBI is not supposed to be a partisan organization. And if they are aware that someone who's under investigation or might be communicating with bad actors from another country or operating in a a way that could be considered espionage, which is treason, by the way, then they should have let the Trump campaign know, hey, you've hired Paul Manafort. He's under investigation. Or the, the U.S. government just wants your campaign to know that you should be advised about having interactions or employment relationships with these individuals but they didn't so let's let's listen to Lindsey graham make this great point um and then we'll we'll there's some more to unpack so let's get to that first one of the things that we didn't talk about i didn't know about it until yesterday apparently about five years ago the fbi told diane feinstein one of her employees may be an agent of, of the chinese government that was the right thing to do, and she fired them. I'm going to send a letter to uh, Director Ray next week and ask him, what is the policy? Why didn't you tell President Trump that you had concerns about Carter Page? Is there a double standard here? If this was a counterintelligence investigation, not mm-hmm. a criminal investigation, uh, the FBI should have told President Trump they had concerns about Papadopoulos and Page. Why didn't they do for Trump what they did for Feinstein? Yeah, I want to step back just a second to Diane Feinstein. The, the senator was made aware. She then went on ahead and fired this yeah. spy. Right. Uh, and and now you're sending a letter to Christopher Ray. Are you are you feeling? Like that needs more investigation right now. You and what better you, believe it. Okay, what do you want him to do exactly? And do we need to step back even yeah, further? Sure. Yeah, and, and take a look at anybody else. I'm saying, what the is going on at the FBI? 
why do, why do you tell a Democrat when they hire somebody connected to China? It could happen to anybody's office. Right. When the FBI finds out that somebody's working for us may have connections to a foreign government, they should tell us, and Dianne Feinstein acted responsibly. Uh, when it comes to the Trump campaign, why didn't they tell him about Papadopoulos or Carter Page? And at the end of the day, what has Carter Page did wrong, uh, has done wrong? Senator, He's still walking around a free man. When I said step back, Paul Manafort is on trial right now. Why didn't the FBI discuss Paul Manafort with the Trump campaign in more details? I, I mean, I, I, that's what I mean. How this far back do we need to go? The, so that's Harris Faulkner on, on Fox News, and, and she makes an excellent point. For everyone who's under investigation, where the investigation precluded the the target's relationship with the Trump campaign, the question is a good one. And so for, for people who are out there beating this drum, they're suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, and all they want to do is talk about how horrible the president is and how he's a Russian agent and how he's been co-opted by the Russians since 1987 and all of this ludicrous garbage that is making its way into op-eds and is finding its way like the tentacles of a horrible octopus into the hearts and minds of Americans who are unsuspecting that the news media might actually have a serious agenda against this president. And what, what we're seeing is, it's, it's like something that can't be stopped. Even as more facts, more and more facts unfold and are presented in, in piecemeal, mind you, because it's not the FBI that's sharing this information. It's people who have access to the information through their, their elected roles like Lindsey Graham and Devin Nunez and others. And they're starting to share with us exactly what's going on. First of all, we should all be outraged. Regardless of what party you are affiliated with, you should be outraged to see the United States government, which is our employee, exacting these kinds of double standards on people that they like and people that they don't like. And no, I'm not imputing the entire FBI. Yes, I know there are fantastic agents out there doing work and they're impartial and they are above reproach. But we're talking about the leadership who they could let Diane Feinstein know she had a... a, a a spy, an actual spy in her midst, but they couldn't tell candidate Trump because the Obama administration didn't want them to. Hope and change? Transformation? Looks like we got it, only it's not what we wanted. At least not for me. And I pay taxes too. We'll be right back with more Stacey on the right after this. You know, people often ask me, Tim, what's your favorite part of the Holy Land Tour? I've been leading Holy Land Tours for many years now. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. You know, I learned how to lead these Israel tours from my dad, who started doing them in the 60s. And then he taught me in the 80s and 90s. And now my wife, Allison, and I lead these tours annually to Israel. And we love going because we love seeing people's eyes when they see things such as the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River and the Garden Tomb and the Wailing Wall. See all these things for the first time and maybe the last time in many folks' lives because this is a bucket list trip. We're going to be going in March. If you want a brochure sent to your mailbox, give us a call at 800-FAMILIES, 800-F-A-M-I-L-I-E-S, option 5. 
and we'll send you a brochure. If you want to go to the website, everything's there, twholyland.com, twholyland.com. Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. I grew up with a kid who was a good student, came from a great family, and was an outstanding athlete. But he had a problem. He had a stubborn, rebellious streak in him, and the older he got, the more obstinate, even defiant, he became. His behavior became so destructive, he was kicked out of school, and hardly anybody wanted to hang around him. Today, he is experiencing the outcome of his bad choices. He is in prison, serving a life sentence. Listen to 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verses 11 and 12 and 15 through 17. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord his God. He did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke for the Lord. Now verse 15, And the Lord, the God of their fathers, sent word to them again and again by his messengers, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. For they continually mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets, until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people, until there was no remedy. Therefore he brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans, who slew their young men with the sword in the house of the sanctuary, and had no compassion on the young man or virgin or old man or infirmed. He gave them into his hand. Hardly anything else needs to be said. God does not play with our rebellion. Here's what I want you to remember today. If you're rebelling against God in any way, I want to plead with you. Turn away from your pride and self-centeredness. Please listen and submit to God. Soften your heart. You don't want to end up where you're surely headed. Legacy Moment is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Global Ministries. You can download episodes of Stacy on the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Hey there. Welcome back to the show. Happy Friday to you. I hope you're enjoying uh, the slide on into the weekend. <laughs> Big plans, I'm sure, all around. Uh, we are certainly going to be pretty busy this weekend dropping off our oldest child at college for the first time. Whoa. Yeah, that's happening. I also want to welcome... Um, listeners into the last day of Truth For Youth Week. It's truthforyouth.com. That's where you can request your free Truth For Youth Bible. And you can also call during the hours of 8 and 4.30. And you can request your Bible via the telephone line, which is live right now for you, 800-733-4737. It's 800-733-4737. Or you can go any time of day, 24-7 to truthforyouth.com and request your free Truth For Youth Bible, or you can also um, order any number of them for just $2 a piece, which is totally, like, that's that's an awesome deal. Great book. I have to say it's kid-approved here at the Washington House, and um, we're really excited to get to have the interviews we had this week, which you can find at the podcast page, as was mentioned before. So right now, I want to welcome a um, frequent guest of the show and good friend, Amy Kramer. She's a co-founder and co-chair of Women for Trump. Amy, thanks for coming on today. Hey, Stacey. So great to be on with you. It's good to talk to you. So much going on. I mean, and I know you're up on everything. <laughs> and I, I, uh, Amy, we could, we, we could talk for like hours, but can we just, yes. can you just comment really quickly? Just 
Some judge, some pompous blowhard judge has threatened to hold the Attorney General of the United States in contempt. And this judge must run a fiefdom or a kingdom of the United States of America as opposed to being simply a judge. Um, his name's U.S. District Judge Emmett Sullivan. He was appointed by President Bill Clinton in 1994. He's threatening to hold A.G. Jeff Sessions in contempt of court if U.S. officials don't immediately bring two illegal aliens back to the United States, a mom and a daughter, who were just deported. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I when I heard this story, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Um, it, it's, you know, it's that activism, um, mm-hmm. being a judicial activist from the bench, um, trying to make laws, take control of things. It's exactly what we don't need. We don't need um, judicial activists anywhere in this country. But you know what? What gives me um, hope in the, across the nation, Stacey, is that it's one of the untold stories of President Trump's administration, the number of judicial appointments he's made on uh, uh, lower courts all across the country. And that's he's appointing constitutional um, concern, constitu- constitutional um, judicial. I can't even say it. I'm tongue tied. Sorry. Yeah, no, he's no. I, I know where you're going. He's appointing judges that actually adhere to the Constitution. And that's exactly what we want, because it will stop this nonsense of these judges being active um, activists from the bench and trying to legislate and make law and run the country the way that they want to. You know, I got to say, I, that is one of the bright spots. And one of the things that uh, that a lot of the news media are refusing to report on because he's actually broken records with the number of judges that he's been able to put onto the yes. bench. And I would normally not be excited about the government breaking records in any area, but in this particular <laughs> area, this is really good, right? Because let's, let's look at it this way, Amy, the same kind of activism that we're seeing on the left. We, we don't want to see activism on the right or the left. We just want jurists, right to interpret the law according to the Constitution and to rule on the constitutionality of the lower court rulings. We don't want them acting as if, I mean, what judge in this country is empowered to order the Attorney General of the United States to do anything? That sounds completely outside of their purview. It's just, it's insanity. I mean, I really, and I guess they've already been returned. Now, I will say, some. I heard somebody say this morning that, um, that the reason the judge did this was because the they actually deport. I guess there was a follow up hearing, and the DOJ or ICE whoever deported um, them before the follow up hearing, and so he was mad, and that's the reason they did it. I mean, I don't care why he did it. The point is, I mean, they came here illegally. They're breaking our laws to begin with, and now we're going to spend American dollars to bring them back. I mean, it's just insanity all the way around. Don't threaten to hold them in contempt if they're not returned to this country. I mean, it's just, it's really unbelievable, and we need to shut this stuff this down. So it doesn't it's as if they have more rights than we do, because I, I want, the, I want yeah. that judge to maybe order an airline to fly you somewhere, Amy, that you need to go. You know, maybe he could come over here and help us get some plane tickets to somewhere we need to go. We are actually taxpayers. We are actually, you know, have, we have rights under the Constitution as citizens. These other people are coming here. They want to be citizens. But as of right now, they don't have the same rights that we enjoy. And I think it's crazy that we're seeing this like that. People are going to begin to think this is normal. All I have to do is get before a judge who's friendly and he'll tell the Trump administration what they have to do. That is not constitutional. Right. And 
I mean, look, this is the greatest nation on earth. I had somebody say to me yesterday, I do think we need to build a wall, but I don't think it should be so hard to become a U.S. citizen. And I looked at him and I said, have you ever been outside of this country? And he shook his head no to me. And I said, that's exactly why you feel that way. The thing about it is, it should be hard to become a U.S. citizen. You know, We hear about these people coming here because they're trying to escape gang violence or domestic violence or political persecution or whatever. Well, this is the thing, Stacey. If, the, if it were so easy to come here and we have no borders and you can just come when you want because of whatever reason you want, there, all that stuff is going to come here. Where are we going to go then? I mean, when everybody comes here, that where all this gang violence and everything is, I mean, you, I'm sure you've heard about the the beheading of the the killing of the grandmother and the beheading of her granddaughter down in Louisiana by gang members. I mean, the it, these people, this is horrific stuff that is happening across the country, and these people are coming across our borders willy-nilly as they want to. We need to shut it down, and it needs to be, I mean, you need to go through the process, follow the law to become a U.S. citizen. If you're deserving of it, if you, if you go through it the right way, then it's it's great. Melania Trump's um, parents actually became U.S. citizens yesterday. But you know what? They did it the right way. They followed the law. And they started the process before Donald Trump ever ran for president. I mean, that's what people need to do. You can come here, but you have to do it the right way. I love the fact that you made that point because uh, leftist news media wants to make a big deal out of the fact that Melania Trump's parents have just become citizens. And it's not it's not a big deal. Like it's not a big deal for people to pay tens of thousands of dollars and travel in and out of the country when they're told to, you know, update their, their green card, their permanent resident status, learn the language, pass the exam and then pay more money and wait even more years. And then finally get the word. Now you can become a citizen. This is happening separate and apart from the fact that her husband ran for the presidency. This has nothing to do with Donald Trump. And the fact that they're making it an issue just goes to show you how idiotic this entire discussion is. And I, I want to make just one last point before we move on to the next subject about this. And, and that is the same people who don't think Melania Trump's parents should be citizens and they've been living here and abiding by the law as permanent residents are the same ones who think that whoever that was that got deported and is now re-imported should automatically become a citizen. No questions asked whether she's a criminal or not, whether she's really needing asylum or not. It's just no questions asked. If you're from a foreign country, especially to the south of our border, you deserve to be here. Exactly. I mean, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. It really is unbelievable, the hypocrisy from the left. And it's not just this this issue. It's across the board. It is. Well, so let's talk a little bit about um, this. So the Manafort trial is going on and it's had some really interesting kind of dramatic moments where the judge seems to not like the prosecutor and he's been, you know, making him cry and stuff. And I actually think that's pretty sad because they're all grown men. And now you have Lindsey Graham coming out saying that, you know, no one ever warned him. No, No one ever warned. No one in the FBI ever warned the Trump administration that or the Trump campaign that they were hiring people who were under investigation or or who were suspected of um, kind of illegal relationships with oligarchs in Russia, that type of thing. Right. Why? So I know we don't have the same people in charge. The person who really needs to be asked is Jim Comey, not not the one who's in charge now or Andrew McCabe, not not. It is. It shouldn't be that the person who's in charge of the FBI now gets raked over the coals for something that happened a few years ago. But how do we prevent this from happening again, where 
the government's basically been weaponized to act against people based on their political affiliation. Well, I mean, Stacey, this isn't the first time we've seen it. We actually saw it, you know, with the IRS back during the Obama administration when the IRS went after the Tea Party movement. Um, What we need, the only way I know that we stop this from happening in the future is to drain the swamp. Um, You can't, Jim Comey, Andrew McCabe, they are swamp monsters. They are creatures of the swamp. And it's not just in elected office are creatures of the swamp. It's the bureaucrats, too. And it's been one of my biggest disappointments is I'm – and I understand, I think I understand why, but the, the rate at this investigation has dragged on and the fact that there hasn't been a whole lot done. I mean, it is infuriating to me that you are arresting a Republican for insider trading, which that's fine. I mean, I totally understand that. But it's infuriating that they arrest Chris, uh, Chris Collins – in New York for insider trading, which happened a year ago. But yet Hillary Clinton, Andrew McCabe, Jim Comey, and all these people are still walking free after breaking all these laws, Hillary Clinton specifically. They've done nothing to her. So the hypocrisy there is unbelievable. We have to do something about this because Americans have lost faith in the DOJ and the FBI across the country. It's a serious issue. The trust issue is a serious issue. You want to believe that when the FBI is on an investigation or doing something, that you can trust them, that they're doing what is right and what's best. And the American people don't feel that way right now. And the big question is, where is Jeff Sessions and what is going on? That's the biggest question. And people want something done about it. Now, I understand that President Trump, and I don't mean to go on, but I understand that President Trump, there's an investigation going on. I'm asked all the time, do you think that he should fire Mueller and in the fire Rosenstein, fire Mueller and in the investigation? And my answer is no. I think the investigation needs to conclude because they're going to come up with it. There's no collusion. Otherwise, we will never hear the end of it. But um, so I think the president is in a pickle on this because he wants it to end too. But it's just we need it to end, and we need to get to the bottom of this. And that's the only way we're going to stop this from ever happening again is get rid of these bureaucrats, these um, deep dwellers that are in the swamp. I agree. And so before we let you go, and thank you so much for joining the show today. If you're just joining in, I'm speaking with Amy Kramer. She's the co-founder and co-chair of Women for Trump. Talk to us just a little bit about what Women for Trump are doing um, as we go into the midterms. Well, thanks for having me on. And so, um, we are focused on keeping the House and the Senate. If we don't keep the House, the Democrats are going to take over. They're going to end all these investigations that are looking into the FBI, the DOJ, and the Russia stuff. And they're going to impeach the president, which will mean not, we will never get anything else to pass passed in his agenda. Um, I believe it would cause him to be a one-term president. I don't want that to happen. So we're focused on keeping the House and the Senate and going after some of these liberal Democrat women that um, just because you're a woman doesn't mean your policies are best for women. The left is so good at playing identity politics, and women are smart. We vote on issues. We vote according to economics and to national security. And so that's what we're out there doing is um, doing events across the country. We're working on having a women's conference to empower other women in Washington uh, in October, and we'll be getting more information out about that. But um, 
we want people to understand that we do have a choice. And just because the left is having a meltdown and having their Trump derangement syndrome doesn't mean that we have to stay in our homes and not do anything. We need to be bold and go out there and talk about why we support this president and why he's doing great things in his administration and uh, and just be bold about it and work our butts off through November. Hmm. Well, um, I, I, again, appreciate your time and the work that you're doing. And, and thank you for coming on today, especially the expert analysis on what's going on with the FBI. And, and we just have to keep, uh, you know, keep praying about this and also keep working to um, hold our elected yeah. officials accountable for the actions that they're taking. And, and that includes managing our government agencies, which we need. We need better people uh, in leadership of these uh, huge very powerful law enforcement organizations. Amy Kramer, co-founder and co-chair of Women for Trump. Thank you for coming on today. Thanks. Thank right, you, Stacey. You. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks for what you do. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so we we get, we, it's just astounding to me that this is what's going on. After the stories from this week, when we talked about the, so you've got this big, um, you know, This is a huge story for a judge to order someone who's been deported to be brought back into the country. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy to have those people. First of all, how much money are we spending for those plane tickets? And again, why? What why would we why would we even entertain that? Do you know how many people are here illegally? Millions of people are in the country illegally. We should be moving through the list, deporting anyone who doesn't have a valid reason to be here. If you entered the country illegally, you do not have a valid reason to be here. We should be deporting them. Is that racial? Is that bigotry? No. Don't don't try to play that with me. I'm I'm not in any way, shape or form afraid of immigrants. So you can't say I'm xenophobic. I'm not afraid of immigrants coming here or immigration. And I've lived abroad. I've been all over the world and I don't have a problem with foreigners. In fact, I think they're awesome. But I also believe that this country has every right to decide who can and cannot come into this country and why. And we should be doing that according to what our laws say, not according to how people feel. This isn't about feelings. It's about what's lawful. All right. When we get back, we're going to be talking about Representative Scalise. He's had yet another attempt on his life. We're going to talk about that and the ridiculousness of it all. And we'll take some calls if you'd like. 866-963-2037. Stay there. conversation with my daughter about making mistakes and not getting this Christian walk right. I had to explain to her that none of us are perfect, but we are all striving for perfection. Then I was listening to a song by 10th Avenue North called You Are More. The song really explained what I shared with her and reminded me that the enemy would like nothing more than to use the mistakes and things you've gotten wrong against you. 
But because of Christ, you are more than your mistakes. You are more and bigger than your fears. You are so much more than the choices you've made. And God's love for you never wanes. It never decreases. It never ceases to exist. Today, no matter what you've done or how bad you think it is, repent and rest in the forgiveness and love of the Father. Extend to yourself the same passion and grace that the Father extends. With a heart for the urban family, I'm today's urban woman, Tony Johnson. Connect with us at urbanfamilytalk.com. There was a time where um, I was in the middle of doing something, and the Lord just, just really impressed upon my heart that I needed to buy my wife some flowers. I hadn't thought about it, hadn't done it in a while. And I walk into the door of our, our little small apartment, and I have the flowers in my hand, and my wife's eyes connect with mine. Her eyes just well up with tears. And I immediately start thinking, what's wrong? What happened? What's going on? And uh, she said, Abe, <laughs> I have been wanting some flowers but I know what our financial situation is, and I didn't want to be an additional burden on you because I know things are tight now. And man, it was just a moment where my wife and I just fall more deeply in love with the Lord and more deeply in love with one another. Tune in to the Hamilton Quarter, weekday afternoons at 5 Central on Urban Family Talk. By relying on Him. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Bullet points. I'm Steve Rappaport. In Titusville, Florida, a case of good guy with a gun stopping a bad guy with a gun. It happened at a back-to-school event. That's gunfire. I turned around and I see a dude with a 9mm. Dwight Harvey was recording it. It could have been a deadly rampage, but a man in the crowd pulled out his licensed handgun and quickly put a stop to the shooting. No one was hurt except for the wounded gunman. In Castle Rock, Colorado, a warning to gun thieves, don't try it at DCF Gun Store. Thanks to just upgraded security cameras, they caught the guy who snatched a handgun off the counter. It was great that we did that because that's what allowed us to get those clear pictures, get them out right away, get them over to the PD. Store owner Josh Barton, the would-be gun thief in custody. New York State Hunters licenses are now on sale, valid for a year beginning September 1st. And on the ballot in North Carolina this November, a proposed state amendment that would protect hunting and fishing as a constitutional right. And those are your bullet points. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. <laughs> yes, it's Friday, and it's a great day to be alive, a great day to be able to look out and see all of God's beautiful blessings just overflowing in America, and then also a great day to be an American. Yeah, <laughs> it's Friday, so let's take some calls. I love chatting with callers. Now, let's see if I can work this machinery correctly. I think I'm supposed to click on the, the check mark. No? The number. I click on that? No. I have no idea how to like take these things. Someone, let's go to Keith in Michigan. Oh, perfect. Okay. I'll figure it out. Hi. Guys. I need more training. Yeah, <laughs> Hi, Keith. Happy Friday. Can you hear me? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> hey, a couple of things. There's one. Um, I wanted to comment about something my grandfather um he was a farmer during the Depression age in Michigan, mm-hmm. and he's, he was told by FDR, I'll pay you for not working. And he said, that's un-American. That's mm-hmm. kind of stupid. And so he continued to uh, farm. He was like, that's, 
that's un-American. Get paid for not working. Mm. So he, um, so I wanted to make that comment. But the other thing about immigration, um, I've worked in some international companies, and there was one guy here in Michigan who he was Pakistani by birth, but he was American as um, went through the the whole immigration part, went through mm. the whole series, got naturalized and became an American citizen. I said, oh, so you're a Pakistani-American hyphenated? He said, no, I'm an American. I'm not Pakistani-American. I am American. And I make sure that my boys, his children, understand we are Americans. So there are immigrants who do take pride in the fact that they are Americans and strictly American. You know what? I, I got to say, Keith, um, thank you for sharing that story about your, your family. And, uh, you know, I, I love hearing things like that because it kind of connects us historically to the strength, you know, of, of kind of the American spirit because we are very different people from other nations. And so thank you for sharing that. And I, I want to say, I believe in my heart that the majority of people who are legal immigrants feel as you have just shared about uh, your coworker. I believe that. I think the ones that you see on MSNBC and CNN who are activists and, you know, they wear the Mexico T-shirt and they're always flying the Mexican flag. I think they're the minority. I think you know how it is with with uh, stereotypes where the loudest, worst behavior becomes the stereotype for anyone who looks like that. And so you're constantly fighting that stereotype. And I believe immigrants fight legal immigrants fight that stereotype the same way that you know blacks fight the stereotype that all black people are criminals or all you know black moms are you know unwed mothers it's a significant number but there are certainly a lot millions of women like myself who are married moms and so there's a lot of that going on where the media takes the squeaky wheel the the most interesting story and they magnify that and then everyone else is kind of the silent majority as it is with what turned out to be what swept Donald Trump into office, which is people who just wanted someone to care about Americans first. So um, I, I believe that. What, what do you think? Do you think there are more immigrants that are that are the other way where they're, you know, constantly t- being hyphenated or. Oh, I'm, we don't have him anymore. I'm just like talking to him. And so I hope you heard that. But I do I do believe that we're um, that most immigrants are the ones who are definitely pro-America. They're glad to be Americans. They're really grateful to be here. Uh, let's see. Oh, we have we have time. Let's go to George in Missouri. Hey, thanks for calling Stacy on the right. Hey, Stacy, Thanks for doing what you're doing. And I got a better way, I think, for the immigration system. Instead of having the visa lottery deal, we have everybody fills out, anybody that wants to come to the country fills out an application, just like a job application, sends it to the Department of Immigration, and then they uh, ask him, what do you bring to the table? And, uh, and yeah, that, that seems to me a better way of uh, having, having, a, having them fill out an application and uh, don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> right, and, uh, don't show up. <laughs> and, and how do you like us now? <laughs> I like it. Do you know, George, anything? So that's that sounds similar to the merit-based immigration plan that the president has. So I'm I'm all for a plan that, of course, we, we want to still have immigration. I'm not against immigration, but I do think it we, we're doing it wrong, and the president has explained why, and 
Uh, I think he should continue to explain why and win over the American people. Thanks for calling the show today. Let's take one more. We got Mary in Kansas. Thank you so much for calling into the show. Uh, thank you. The group ICE that helps us keep the immigration under control at the wall and other states, mm-hmm. the one in Washington that's been having the problem with the protesters out front really getting violent with other people on the outside area, like they threaten a family to shut down their uh, wagon where they made sandwiches and stuff. I wish President Trump, if the people, the police force there are not going to make them be in control, President Trump would send guards then from a, a National Guard or something to patrol the out front like they do with federal banks sometimes in Memphis. So I was just wondering why he doesn't do that because pretty soon somebody is going to get killed or hurt. And I just think these protesters that are doing it legally or not lawfully should have to be arrested. And if the locals won't do it, and I want him to send in a federal group and do the job that the locals don't want to do. Thank you, and I hope and pray your show is successful. Oh, thank you, Mary. I appreciate that. Um, you have a great question there. So I would... I got to say, um, when I saw the news about that protest, I was I was kind of appalled that, first of all, the police didn't. And we talked about it here on the show that the police didn't respond. And second of all, that they don't have any like secondary mechanism for protection. Now, I would think that they would maybe be looking into that, getting some private security so that, it, you know, if this were to ever happen again, which it probably will in a liberal state like that, where they're really upset and in their feelings about um, immigration, that that would probably it may happen again. They do need some private security. I just feel like, and I, I've heard some other people saying this, and I want to join the calls, you know, for anyone who has connections to the president beyond, you know, me being on the media list. Uh, I, I, I encourage and I ask as a, as a service to the American people that you are the commander in chief of that president Trump, will you please do an address to the nation and completely share the facts, the facts that I know them, I've seen them, I've read them, I've shared them on the show. This listening audience, tip of the spear, you guys know what's going on. But there are millions of Americans out there who they've never listened to this show and they watch mainstream news and they believe this is about putting kids in cages and separating them from their families. When the truth is, this is about protecting our border. And I mean the kinds of addresses that he does. I don't know if, if you've ever heard the weekly address that the president does. He's, every, every president does them. He's very, very direct in those addresses. He just lists the facts. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, conversation. There's just, hey, this is the subject this weekend. And he, he addresses immigration in those weekly addresses quite a bit. But I mean one where he says, I'm going to address the nation. And the cable news outlets are either forced to ignore it and not cover it and have multiple tens of millions of Americans watching C-SPAN where they cover it because they want the eyeballs, because they want the ratings, because they want the advertising. I think they're going to do number two. The president addresses the nation and he shares every single metric, number, the crime statistics, everything without any additional conversation. So, and I love the rallies. I think the president is really in rare form sometimes when he gets behind the microphone and he just speaks off the cuff. But what we need is not off the cuff conversation here. We need the president to address immigration and the problem at our border and if you think that maybe you're maybe you just tune into the show or maybe you're one of the listeners who I do appreciate you as well. You're, you're a liberal and you listen in anyway and you disagree. I, I, I have to say, if you if you haven't listened to and I say listen to because it's even worse listening to it than it is reading it. 
the book Adios America by Ann Coulter. She gets such a bad rap, but there's a reason why she's a best-selling author. The woman gets the research done, and then she writes the book. Every single book of hers is research-based, and Adios America is no different. And I know there are terms and, and there are things she describes in the book. She's so no-nonsense and so blunt that it's very offensive to people who are kind of, you know, not able to take the truth. But the fact is, the best medicine is the truth. If you've ever been in a situation where you want to know what the problem is and someone starts, well, the thing is, you might feel this. Or, no, you don't want to hear about what you might feel. You want to hear what the problem is because you want to solve it. And if it's really important to you, your family, your wealth, your bottom line, your health, you're going to think to yourself, please don't, don't sugarcoat this. Tell me what the problem is so I can fix it. And our immigration problem is of the utmost seriousness. And when I hear people call in like Mary and, and Keith, so many, these are great Americans, just like most Americans are great Americans. They're calling in and they're concerned because they're aware of what these numbers are. And we're talking about horrible numbers. I gave them on the program. In fact, this was last week. And I want to grab this for you real quick as we're closing out this segment. This is what we're talking about right here. This, these are numbers from... The Department of Homeland Security Enforcement and Removal Operations Division, ERO, they arrested more than 127,000 illegal aliens with criminal convictions in the fiscal year 2017. 127,000. Those 127,000 had charges or convictions for the following offenses. 76,000 of them were dangerous drug offenses. 48,000 were assault offenses. 11,000 were weapons offenses. 2,000 were kidnappings. Can you imagine what? This is not Honduras. This is not some pit. This is America. And we're importing people, letting them come in, and they're kidnapping Americans. And 1,800 homicides. 1,800 Americans who would be alive if not for our open border. I said it then and I'll say it again. Someone in government should be held accountable for these deaths, kidnappings and sexual assaults. 5,000 people who would have been completely unmolested had it not been for the fact that we have a political party that advocates for open borders and we have a government that has had its hands tied that is not operating under the law that currently exists, laws that prohibit individuals from in, coming into this country illegally. That's not xenophobia. That's not partisan politics. It's not rhetoric. It's the truth. We deserve to have our borders sealed and to have Americans protected. And so for people who, well, you just don't want to talk about the separations. I wonder if your child or spouse was kidnapped if liberals would care about you being separated from your child or your spouse or whichever family member you have that's been kidnapped. Does your family matter as much as illegal immigrant families? What about the homicides? If you've lost a family member to a homicide by an illegal immigrant, does Rachel Maddow cry for your family separation? Is it a low point for whoever feels like this is a total low point for them? I mean, you know, an apple is an apple. A feeling is a feeling. Do you have feelings for all Americans or is it just for the people who are here illegally that you feel for? 76,000 dangerous drug offenses. If your child is strung out on drugs that they got from an illegal alien, 
I wonder, does anyone cry for you when your child is in rehab and they're separated from you, spending six weeks, eight weeks, 90 days in, in these facilities trying to get extricated, that, that drug that they're addicted to, trying to get them broken off of that? And that's what we're talking about here. So it's not about fear unless you, you want to be honest. Most Americans who are for sealing the border, they're afraid of something. It's not illegal immigrants. It's not people from other countries. They're afraid of dangerous drug offenses, assault offenses, weapons offenses, sexual assaults, kidnappings, and homicides. That's what Americans are afraid of. So if there's a criminal phobia or a crime phobia, then I'm sure you'd find millions of Americans who would rightly raise their hands and say, I have that phobia. I have a phobia of having someone who isn't a, a citizen of this country coming here and lopping off someone's head in my family because they can, because they're a part of MS-13. That is the, the, the real rubber meeting the road here. And so for anyone who is really concerned about family separation, <clears throat> excuse me, first I want to hear you talk about the family separations that have occurred because of the 127,000 criminal aliens who were in this country doing crime in fiscal year 2017. And then I want you to, before you say anything else, go get the government data on those for so far this year in fiscal year 18. Because there are numbers for that as well. As of the July 26, 2018 joint status report, 1,820 of the 2,551 children aged five and above whose parents were identified were reunified with their parents. I would imagine that the 1,800 plus homicide cases, the parents of those people, were they adults or children, people who died, who were killed by illegal aliens, would give anything to have a judge order that their dead family member be reunited with them alive and whole as if this never happened. And until we can make that a reality, until you wave Obama's magic wand and make kids who've been killed by illegal aliens whole again and able to come back to their parents, do not mention family separations to me. That's our one. We'll be back with hour two right after these messages. So you stay right there. OneNewsNow.com news is up next. <laughs> 